How are you? I'm good. How about you? Uh, that was Catherine Rubino, who uh, jumped the gun yet again on the greetings to this program. Uh, Hello. <laughs> yeah. N- now you're. Now it's just gratuitous. Uh, and I'm Joe. It Priest. is definitely gratuitous. Uh, we are editors at Above the Law, and we are here to talk about some of the news of the week. Uh, not that there was much to do news-wise that we didn't cover last week, but we'll find a few new angles on it. Uh, we also have some other interesting topics from outside the world of big law finances that uh, might be more interesting to a general audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that said, let's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is true from the above the law perspective, raises has just dominated our coverage it really has it's um, it's exhausting it's, it is an exhausting grind for our part now that said i mean we are a really important uh part of that ecosystem mm-hmm. we uh more so than any of our peer publications which all do great work too on a lot of different things more so than any of them we stay on top of where the market is and who's paying what and mm-hmm. to whom and at what level uh which is important because that way you know as an aspiring lawyer, where you can, well, A, what you can get paid at certain places, but also what your competitors are paying, Mm -hmm. uh, which is important uh, to find out if you're getting the right deal, uh, whether you want to move or you want to push your bosses to give you more money, you know? But no, more so than anybody else, we cover these things, uh, which are very important. uh, And we got, um, it's come to our attention that like uh, NALP, the uh, Legal recruiters oh, folks yeah. uh, made, you know, the head now made a comment about how above the law is, as usual, keeping on top of these things and then refused to cite us for anything. Yeah. So in kind of a weekly email wrap up, uh, noted that above the law is the best location for up to the minute raise information. And then later in the email had a list of, oh, you can also read these publications for whatever and didn't. Well, not not like, even read these publications, yeah. read like these stories sure, right. about it. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. None of them yes. being ours, Correct. which um, yes. whatever. Uh, whatever. An organization that seems like it constantly exists to vex us. <laughs> I'm sure they feel similarly about us. Well, yeah, to the extent that what we do largely makes them irrelevant, but I mean, you know, they get to hold a big conference and pat each other on the back, but still. Anyway, so that was, uh, that catches us up to where we were there. Uh, Let's, I guess let's get into things. We can do that. But first, let's hear from Lexicon uh, about their product, and then we'll get into this. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. Okay, so where do you want to start? Inside the world of raises or outside the world of raises? I mean, we're already started at raises. Let's just finish that up, put a no. little bow on it. Fair enough. All right, so there were two aspects of raises I was interested in talking about today, given that we talked about a lot of it last week. Is One was the crevath aspect, mm-hmm. that they did not go over the top. Correct. What does that mean? The other is kind of a philosophical question that I dealt with in an article last week, but like we've all talked about behind the scenes, which is to what extent are we contributing to kind of a 
runaway culture of greed when we cover these raises the way that we do. So let's start with uh, talking about Cravath. Yeah. So as I said, they decided to just match the Davis-Polk scale. I had hoped that at least for mid and senior level associates that they would come over the top, which is sort of the move that they did in 2018. I think that what we can take away from that is either they don't feel as much fear about losing some of their more senior folks or they're handling folks who may leave or maybe put in notice on a one-off basis. You mm. know, they don't want to necessarily change the grid across the board, especially when we hear things like litigation isn't quite as hot as the corporate side and and they may not feel a need to kind of raise the bar across the board. But if somebody, you know, puts in their papers, they may have something to say about that. But who knows? So that's pure speculation. Yeah, it did seem like Cravath, uh, the reason why Cravath went over the top in 2018 we all kind of figured, uh, mm -hmm. was that Cravath is unique among firms in that it doesn't really participate actively in the lateral hiring market. Mm -hmm. uh, they are very much into their little cult of uh, we start here and you learn the Cravath method and that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we don't bring in people from the outside other than, you know, at the very bottom levels. We recruit, you know, out of law school and then that's it. Then you're a Cravath person uh, till the end. That said... That means that they are victims of poaching and unable to refresh uh, their ranks mm -hmm. on the back end. And that means that sometimes they will want to pay a little bit more for those senior jobs to keep them. I think there's also an aspect of them not going over the top that was that ploy didn't work in 2018. Oh, interesting. Uh, they did this, uh, came late decided, all right, we're going to pay these people more. And rapidly, the firms all lined up and matched that. They put up the extra money for the mid and seniors to stay at the same level, which means uh, that evaporated. And I think there's some concern, I think, if you're a cravat, that there isn't a place for market differentiation yet among the elite law firms. You you do have to pay what everyone else is paying. And if you attempt to pay more, everyone else will raise their salaries to match it. So there's no real incentive to be the one who's paying a sixth year slightly more. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And, you know, I think that as much as we very much are proponents of transparency and lockstep compensation, I think you're right that we are seeing firms, it's good to a point to get folks in the door, but in the sort of nitty gritty battles for these, you know, group of folks versus that one, it's kind of done on an individualized basis. Yeah. Well, and then that's, that's the big concern for me also, as far mm -hmm. as the health of the market is if we move towards a world that accepts more individualized compensation, which some law firms have, we call this black box compensation, mm -hmm. where nobody knows what anyone else is making, which is a shady move usually designed to minimize the amount of power individual employees have right. because they don't know what anyone else is making. You know, sort of thing that we used to have labor unions to fight against, but whatever. Point is, if we move towards a system like that, it gives firms a lot more flexibility to make these one-off decisions to maintain people as well as to recruit superstars. But I I've always been very concerned about a world that operates in a black box because I feel that it reduces the 
it, it makes it harder for the firm to function. I feel I, I, like, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's true. And the other thing that has the potential to do is change the specialization incentives. The way kind of big law works right now, there is no distinction between what an M&A second year makes and what a litigation second year makes, right? So everyone kind of finds their niche for a variety of different reasons, but salary, at least in the initial stages, and you know, people tend to be a little bit short-sighted about this. Yeah. They don't really think about, oh, long-term earning potential because for the next eight years, I know I'll be making the same no matter what. But if it kind of changes and one group is valued more, that also has the potential to mess up, you know, their ability to recruit because in five years, in eight years, that may not be the specialty that's in demand anymore, right? But if you don't have people sort of just kind of naturally selecting into a variety of specialties that could that could have some negative impacts in terms of long-term planning. Yeah, no, that, that because the market is cyclical. Mm-hmm. And you can find yourself with a glut of capital markets people. Right, right when you need bankruptcy. Bankruptcy turns yeah. around. Yeah. And yeah, and this is a problem. And as you said, short-sighted, obviously, if you were thinking strategically, you would say, even though I'm going to be paid the same, I'm going to become, you know, an M&A associate so I can be a M&A partner someday because that will make me more than if I'm, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. a 40 act person or something like that. Right. That said, you know, th- that brings me to why in the, and I know that this is dying and I know it's dying for some good reasons. It allows for more, you know, more fluctuating market, like a free flowing market, but you know, I grew up in a firm that was adamant that partners were paid on a lockstep as well. Uh, the whole pool came in and it was divvied up and there were stages based on seniority as a partner, but everybody got their share. And it mm-hmm. was done that way to be more collegial so that nobody felt like they were more important to the firm than somebody else and yada yada. And I thought that actually trickled down and made for a better firm environment. I Sure, but is, it's it's... Very, very rapidly, yeah, falling yeah. out of favor, and, and, it's, and it's, for good, some good reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It does, it does mean that you end up with a more efficient market over the long haul because people flow to where they're more in demand. But and, know, and the, the truth is sad. that the sort of the lateral partner market is very volatile and can swing wildly. And if a firm wants the ability to get new rainmakers, a lockstep partnership compensation is not going to have a tremendous pull for those big rainmakers. And we are seeing uh, in my consulting side world some demand for some partners. So uh, Mm -hmm. if you are partners who think you're in demand out there, let me know and I'll uh, see if I can put together a match for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously though, moving on, uh, we got some news from the Supreme Court today. Yeah, the NCAA is not above the law. That is a A direct quote. Direct quote from concurring opinion by Justice Keggy McGrapenstein. Um, (laughs) He, uh, (laughs) but yes, Kavanaugh wrote that in a concurring uh, opinion. But the majority opinion, written by Gorsuch, uh, it was a nine-zero unanimous opinion that uh, the NCAA. Falls afoul of every possible Let's, okay, uh, let, antitrust law. I, I, yeah, yes. I think that a lot of people probably expected the NCAA to lose. I, I don't think that is really a big shock. Maybe, you know, kind of around the margins. But I did not expect 9-0. 
I I did. Uh, the did oral you? the oral argument was pretty damning. Uh, yeah, the, but at best the the more liberal justices were more kind to the attorneys at the oral argument, but in that they you know hedged their bets and asked hard questions of everybody, but. Which- uh, one would argue is what you should do regardless. Right, but it it seemed very clear that the conservative justices were openly hostile to the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that actually gets us to a point of the opinion is not a complete opening up of uh, the NCAA to do anything. The opinion is limited. The Alston opinion that this was appealed from is limited to the NCAA's ability to block, like— Compensation. No, right. and not even that. Oh. Post-grad uh, basically will let you go to get a free master's degree if you play for us, stuff like that, to give post-eligibility educational credits, basically, is what this case was about. And that was what was a 9-0. No, that's where Kavanaugh's concurrence came in, because Kavanaugh's concurrence is just to say, I agree in full, but I just want to flag for everybody that I think all the other things the NCAA blocks players from being paid are also violations of antitrust law. Sure. So the concurrence more or less existed as the inevitable the signal, dicta that gets cited uh, by every, to lower every court. other lawyer yeah. <laughs> that uh, there will be a friendly audience at the Supreme Court if somebody wanted to challenge more right. more fulsomely. Mm-hmm. Which one assumes that there will be the such challenges? We've already got states passing name, image, and likeness rules that the NCAA is not particularly happy with, but is like trying to work with as a hope of getting around all this sort of stuff. I, certainly there's going to be some some rule there that either goes far enough that the NCAA tries to shut it down, sparking a lawsuit, or there's going to be some state that doesn't have one. I, uh, that I wonder though, if given the concurrence and the 9-0 ruling, if the NCAA will just say, it's not worth it to fight it. It's a lot of money in lawyer fees. If we're going to already, we pretty sure we're going to lose. How much does, is the value of the fight as opposed to kind of being ahead of it and being like, here are some rules that we can get behind. Right. Well, I mean, I think the issue is that there's there's not a clear explanation of what the NCAA can do mm-hmm. based on these this like it, its entire reason for being is basically to prevent people from being paid, which if that's the thing that is a violation of antitrust laws, I don't really know what it can keep doing, Uh, which means it has a lot of incentive to fight just because there's no other alternative. Uh, But we'll see. At a certain point, I think we're definitely going to see major sea changes in how athletics are handled based on this, because now... We're going to be kind of set adrift without a functional NCAA to do anything about it. Whether they were good or bad or sometimes a mixture of both, we're now entering new territory. Fair. It's exciting for people who enjoy college athletics. I think that, you know, watching college football without, you know, feeling like you're watching exploitation is probably a good thing. Yeah, no. So very interesting uh, Supreme Court decision today. So, well, I mean, because the day we're recording this, not yeah. the day you're hearing it, this week. This I'll week. just say this yeah. week. Very yeah. interesting Supreme Court decision Oh, no, this you've week. given it away. We record yeah. on a Monday. Yeah. Anyway, you know, speaking of the NCAA, they had that commercial where they were like trying to humanize themselves. I'm just now I'm completely off topic. Okay. Uh, where they were trying okay. to humanize themselves for a while with like the 
oh, you know, we have so many athletes and most of them go pro. It's something something other than sports, like to prove that they were cool, you know, like sort of like how you would go to law school to be a lawyer. There you are. There you are. I see where I see where you're going. You would go to law school to be a lawyer, but not an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. It's like our own kind of NCAA commercial. You went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant, take advantage of NOTA, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnota.com slash legal to learn more terms and conditions may apply. Mm -hmm. You had something else to talk about? Well, it looks like the Kraken team of lawyers is going to be feeling some wrath soon. At least that's a lot of speculation. Uh, Last week, U.S. District Judge Linda Parker, she's uh, in charge of the the case that was filed in Michigan challenging the results of the 2020 election and Sidney Powell uh, and her entire, there's a bunch of other lawyers who signed on to it, filed it and uh, it was dismissed, and the Michigan Secretary of State had filed motions for sanctions against all the lawyers. And uh, Judge Parker said that every attorney needs to appear in her court on July sixth to answer. So, you know, it doesn't. It, you never want to be on the receiving end of that kind of an order. Everyone needs to be in my courtroom the day after a holiday weekend. To to answer why you shouldn't be sanctioned. Yeah. Right. That's uh that's that's a thing. That's that's real life. Yeah. So th- this I think is something that folks more or less saw coming. It sure. seemed as though sure. this was a group of people that were cruising for sanctions. <laughs> you sound like some parent from like the 1930s. They're cruising for a bruising. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Child abuse is funny. I yeah I yeah. Yeah, that was that was a thing we did for decades. Go on. <laughs> no, but uh, I I do think it's it's interesting. There was a, certainly a lot of Schadenfreude, and I think when people saw the order come out telling everyone to appear in court, and it's it's every attorney who has ever signed anything or name appeared on any document on behalf of the plaintiffs in that case. So it's it's pretty expansive in that way. It's not just kind of the headline names of, you know, Sidney Powell, his name will be forever synonymous with this Kraken team with the 2020 election. But it's it's not just her. You know, there was a a whole list of folks, I think four or five of folks who'd signed or appeared on various uh, Mm -hmm. matters, and they're all being asked to, you know, defend themselves. And uh, it'll 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 brighten up the day after a holiday weekend for some of us. Yeah, I mean, there were some mistakes were made. I think it's a fair <laughs> way of putting uh, those filings. Uh, there are people who got you know affidavits put in that seemed to have no connection to mm-hmm. any sense of reality. There were attempts to conceal the identities of people who they were putting in as evidence. It it, it it's bad, uh, and one would think that there would be some sort of fallout. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the motion for sanctions was surprising. I think that, you know, I think sanctions, I think judges often are hesitant to hand out sanctions. It's like one more time and then there'll be sanctions, I think is kind of a lot of judges' defaults kind of, they're they're always hesitant to kind of, you know, levy the boom. That's that's a- Lower. Lower the boom. Okay, whatever. 
Anyway, they always seem pretty hesitant to do it, you know, one more time and then then you'll see my wrath. But mm-hmm. it, it, it feels certainly like uh, the this case has crossed the line in some some pretty big ways. And not just because we had an insurrection, because mm. that also happened. Right. And that was it. Uh, I just I mean, it was a thing that happened and I think it's pretty it's pretty big. Yeah. OK. Well, cool. Um that then yeah i really that had been hyped up to me so that was going to be a lot more i'm not sure i hyped it i said did you see that they're all about to get sanctioned i think in my opinion when i said what's the main topic of conversation for the show going to be no, you I said s- that no, that's and i was true. like that oh is, well that, that must that be wi- the main that is wildly inaccurate what i said was there's only one thing we covered all week it was associate races which is boring at this point yeah well, but it, that is that is the main story as far as i can tell uh, it appears, though, I will say, to add some interest to it, that while we've been sitting here, most of the West Coast is coming in, which had been a bit of a holdup, which was mm-hmm. that while we were seeing these raises trickle through big law, firms based on the West Coast were, by and large, absent. Uh, Wilson Sansini had come in already, I think. They had, although mm-hmm. on you know a little bit later, but mm-hmm. we've now got the Mofo Latham. Uh, yeah, that was the end of last week, yeah. For sure. But, you know, we say a little bit later, but the truth is it's only been like 10 days. Right. (laughs) That is actually, I think that is actually something worth noting that we don't really get a chance to talk about in our kind of churning of the the news of the day is it's noteworthy how these large organizations, these large partnerships are able to move so quickly, right? As far as we can tell, you know, no one really, no one knew that Milbank was going to announce raises. No one knew that Davis Polk was going to come over the top of those numbers. Mm-hmm. But within a matter of sometimes hours, yeah, uh, sometimes days, even, you know, a week and a couple of days is pretty fast for these kind of very large, you know, organizations. And I think that, you know, I think big law probably deserves some props for being able to turn so quickly, you know, their entire projections for profits and, you know, whatnot. Yeah, I also think that, um, and I did put this in a story that I wrote about, I think, uh, I think it was the one I wrote on S&C's raises. But we are getting to the point where people are starting to get a little antsy and frantic about whether or not certain firms have moved, and it's okay. Whether somebody moves today, uh, moves on day one or on day 10, is not a huge deal. It is not yet the date that everybody is getting going to get these raises. They're mm-hmm. all keyed off of like July 1st. Right. Uh, right. We're not there yet, so there's plenty of time. But I do think that that's also kind of noteworthy. Oftentimes when we have raises or bonus announcements, they're keyed to dates in the significantly in the future, not a matter of weeks, right? When when the first raises came out, it was mid-June, and they were keyed to July 1st. So that's a pretty short turnaround in terms of just getting your payroll numbers in order, right? Uh, and that was that's pretty quick. That's a pretty quick turnaround, and I don't think that that's always true. And I think as we get closer and closer to July 1st, people are getting concerned because that is the effective date. Now, can things be retroactive? Of course they can. Does it make much difference to associates if it's effective July 15th versus July 1st? In the course of a year, that's not that much money, right? Mm -hmm. But it is worth noting that I think that that is also amping up the sort of frantic set of emails we get 
to the tips at abovethelaw.com <laughs> number because it is we're we're kind of coming close to to the point where they're going to get this raise. Right. Where you know sometimes it's like a month in the future or something or two months or you know it's a yeah. difference. No, no, that definitely. All right. We done? We ready to go back to writing I mean, more raises? I mean, in the course of the recording this, I think four firms have announced. Yeah. So let's uh, go back to writing about some more raises then. <laughs> With that said, uh, thanks for listening. You should be subscribed to the show. That way you get them when the new episodes come out. You should give reviews, stars, write some stuff, shows engagement, helps people hear it. You should also listen to the Jabot, her other podcast. You can listen to me on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable. If you want to hear about some legal tech stuff, you can check out the rest of the offerings of the Legal Talk Network. You can read all of us at Above the Law, of course, and you should follow on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One. Numeral One. Yeah, that's right. You should uh, do all that. Let us know if your firm raises because we need to know. A lot of times people think, well, I'm sure they've heard it from somewhere else. It's like, don't assume that. We would rather have 20 emails telling us what the new raise is than find out a week later that nobody bothered to email yes. us. Please, please, please. Email. Yeah. You can text us. You can set, You can drop us a thing on whatever. And just we're do built. that generally. Um, we're around. Uh, obviously, we get a lot of emails, so we don't necessarily answer everyone, but we love to hear from folks, and it could be useful for future topics too. We do mailbag shows whenever we have mailbags to talk about. We often don't except around the period when boss uh, potential law students are trying to decide on law schools, <laughs> but we can deal with some of those mm -hmm. questions. So. And again, the text only line is 646-820-8477. That's 646-820-8477. Text us. Send us a, you know, screenshot of your firm memo. Sure. Right. Well, then let's go back to God. I don't want to go back to writing these. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go back to writing these. Peace. Peace.